Today on God's Word Gives Hope, we're talking about who gets the last word. So let's get started. Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. And before we jump in to talk about who's getting the last word. Wait a minute now, Amy. On this podcast, the way we do it, you always get the last word. I mean, that's accurate. But um, we all have someone in our life who we feel like always gets that last word. But we're not going to talk about that yet because I want to make sure everyone knows that you have your first ever free webinar coming up. So tell us a little bit more about that. I wish everybody could see me because I've got my super excited face on right now. You know, whether it is a leader who experiences loneliness from being in their position to people who are grieving to people who are in some kind of transition to any of the more obvious reasons we may think people deal with loneliness, the mental health field is seeing a rise since 2020 in issues that derive from loneliness. And I am happy to offer a few tools that will help people navigate those feelings so they are not a silent drain on their lives and help them reduce that stress that the loneliness actually is causing and they can enjoy the life that God has given them. Well, if you want to sign up for the webinar, it is free and you can find all of the details on Janae's website, janaeshatleycamp.com, and the link will be in our show notes. So let's get started with today's talk, but make sure you stay till the end because we have an exciting announcement about our next series. But again, I'm not telling you anything until the very end. Well, you are just leaving us hanging all over the place today, but let's talk about the perfect mic drop. I don't know that I have ever had a real life mic drop only in my head after hours of deliberating what I could have said. You know, knowing we were going to talk about this, I started thinking about those moments where maybe I feel like I was about to have the perfect mic drop or I said something that could have kind of been construed as a perfect mic drop. I actually found myself regretting it later because sometimes it comes out mean or not really how I meant it. So this is a tricky subject for Mm. sure. So mic drop is the title of this week's blog. And I'm excited to talk about this with you, Janae. This week's verse is from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So people may be familiar with the first part of this verse, but more on the part that says no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's some of the that's the way some translations say it. But we are focusing in on the part of the verse that states God will silence every voice that is raised up against us. What does it mean, voices raised up against us? You know, the list can be endless, but in this case, when Isaiah was writing, the Jewish, Jewish nation is no stranger to haters. But for us, it could be the way we identify with some of those things that are happening on the news 
or we just connect with those voices that are mean and hateful. But we also have in our own life, whether it's at work or church or even at the grocery store, your family, those voices that are unkind that come at us and their words are hurtful. The conversation has long been over, but it's still continuing in our head. Yes, we like to believe that the voices that we're fighting against are all on the outside of us. But if I'm being honest, and listener, I wonder if this is the same for you, many of the loudest voices raised against me are the ones that exist in my own mind. You know, the one that remembers every wrong and brings it up every time there's a moment of stumbling, the one that tells me I'm not good enough or I'm not growing enough, or even the one that argues with me that I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have said that and whatever that recent circumstance was. It's the lies that we entertain that become our own voice raised against us from within. God promises to silence those voices no matter where they come from. And there is a story in the book of John about a woman caught in adultery that is brought before Jesus that I think demonstrates one way in which God deals with those voices. So let's take a look at that story. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the story, it's found in the Gospels. We're going we're gonna to pull from John 8. Jesus is speaking to a crowd when a group of religious elite think that they can catch Jesus in a trap. So they bring before him a woman caught in the act of adultery and demand that he cast judgment on her. And the Jewish law requires stoning. So I'm going to pick up John 8, 6, because Jesus's response is so amazing. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is so good. First of all, the Pharisees thought they had a mic drop moment, right? But they didn't know who they were going up against. Exactly. Can you imagine the scene? Maybe you're on your way to pick up groceries and then you end up watching a humiliated woman thrown down, most likely in a state of undress before a crowd of people and angry religious men and our Savior. I cannot help but cringe. And I'm sure she knew the expectations of the law. So she's probably already telling herself, how could you let this happen? You're a failure. You aren't strong enough. You aren't, you aren't, you aren't. And these voices are yelling from the outside of her, but also probably from within. What an image. I can just see it, you know, partially undressed outside and inside the shame that comes with that, that she must have been feeling. But what does Jesus do? He models for us what it looks like to silence those voices. Yes. And at first, you know, he doesn't even engage. Well, let's just stop right there. How many times could we silence the voices if we didn't entertain them? We just didn't engage them. You know, the, the amount of heartache and embarrassment that I could have saved myself to not enter into the conversation 
But maybe like Jesus experienced, those voices kept pushing. So what happens next? Well, at this point, Jesus was bent down writing in the ground and he stands up to address them. So wouldn't you love to know what he was writing? I know, right? I I, I know this is like conversations that lots of people have had. I just have to believe we've got a class in heaven that we get to go to someday and we'll find out, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So he stands up from writing on the ground and he addresses the Pharisees, but he doesn't necessarily respond in the way we might think or want him to respond but he does it in a truthful, direct way that addresses their heart. Exactly. Instead of playing their game and condemning the woman who was clearly sinning, he goes after the heart of the matter and their hearts are filled with the thorns and hatred and fear of the future loss of status, all the things they're worried that people believing in Jesus is going to bring. Right. So we must engage in a conversation, though, with the voices. It is important that we look at how we respond. He is reminding us that no one is perfect, not the woman, but also not the accusers. And only perfect people get to throw the stone. This means we have to see both sides of the situation with the eyes of God. So our words need to be seasoned with grace regardless of what the voices are saying. And in this case, Jesus was masterful with his heart-probing questions, and he left them speechless. So when we allow Jesus to speak into the situation, whether it's in the moment or it's later when we are left alone with the thoughts in our head, As long as we continue to invite Jesus into that situation, the voices, no matter how many they are, one by one, they will be silenced. Wow, I have never had this perspective until studying this with you, but the enemy wanted to use the ugliness of the people against the woman, right? But the very best thing that they could have done was bring her to Jesus's feet. This is a perfect example of what the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. Sometimes we are permitted to walk through really hard things, or sometimes we make really bad decisions. That's right. And walk through really hard things. But in the end of everything, if it brings us to the feet of Jesus, then we end up in the very best place we can be. Talk about a mic drop. (laughs) But there's more to this story. Jesus didn't stop with the voices. He loves us too much for that. He speaks to our heart as well to bring healing and restoration where we need it most. So those voices can't come back. Exactly. Jesus lifts the condemnation off of her shoulders. He asks where her accusers are. Nowhere, Lord, she says. And he says, then neither do I go and sin no more. The voices were silenced. And the woman was restored. But then something else that's really cool when you picture this scene, there is still a group of people standing around, right? So like the religious elite left, but there were people who were listening to his teaching before that. So what did they learn? They got to watch this whole thing and they saw Jesus and how he responded to the broken. And let me tell you, listener, he is that same person to us when we are broken and accused. That's right. And going back to our verse in Isaiah, the last part of it says, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. So that's us. We get to benefit from this. Their vindication will come from me, says the Lord, and 
Who has the last word? I, the Lord, have spoken. Mm. You know, in the end, the woman can walk away from this and choose the voice that speaks into her life, that soundtrack that plays in the back of her mind. And we get to make those decisions too. She could choose the accusers, but why would she do that when she has the voice of Jesus caring for her? But we'll do that sometimes, won't we? We know what the truth is, and yet we still let those voices in. So I want to remind you that you are able to choose the voices that matter. You are able to choose the voice you listen to, your trusted ones. Not everybody is going to get a seat at your table to speak into your life. Not every voice that wants to have an opinion about my life gets to speak into my life. The Lord is my first voice. I have trusted family and a handful of godly women that have a right, and that's it. So I want to ask you, who are you allowing to have a seat at your table to speak into your life? Whose voices are you listening to? Oh, that's such a great question to close with. We have the promise of God to silence those voices, but we have a choice as to what voices who get to have the power. And it would be our prayer that you would let God have that last Mm. word in your life, right? You know, we also have the choice to hear and believe what Jesus says to us, which points to our new series that we're going to start next week and the role the word of God has in our lives. But what condition is our heart in to receive that word? That's right. We are so looking forward to next week's series and conversation about particulture. So this is the idea of cultivating the soil of the heart. So I just want to remind you, if this message, if these conversations that we're having on this podcast, especially today is about the voices that we battle, if there is somebody that you think, man, I really would love for them to hear this, please share this podcast, share our posts on Facebook or Instagram, help people get connected to God's word gives hope because truly we just want to lift Jesus's name on high and help him move into people's lives in incredible ways. And I also want to remind you, Janae has her free webinar on losing loneliness. So don't forget to go and sign up on her website. So until next week, I'd like to read Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 over you. Just a reminder of who Jesus is. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary with heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light.